Here we go. Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Country Roads Tire and Auto, taking you home with full-service auto care, with a higher level of care, with two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville. Online, too, at CountryRoadsTireOnline.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 WVBA Talk Show of the Year, Jordan Warner and Marsha Kavalik. It is Thursday the 9th, and you are tuned in to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto, taking you home with full-service auto care with a higher level of care with two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville online as well at countryroadstireandauto.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. Good morning, Marsha. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Freezing, like all day. I wish spring would get <laughs> oh, here. Oh, it's not even day. that bad. It's not even that bad out today. And that's saying know. something. If I'm saying that, that's saying something. You told me to find a, a window with sunlight <laughs> Yeah, just like, go sit in the sun. Just fall asleep like a cat. That's hey, well, not that's a one, good one way to warm you up. One way to warm you up. <laughs> hey, so uh, Martinsburg City Mayor is with us, Kevin Knowles, and I know you guys have some important business to talk about first. <laughs> I know. So. Say, Mayor feels like I was just hanging out with you. Well, talking about being cold, you're, uh, you have a hat on and a hood. Well, you didn't have to tell anybody. You didn't have to tell anybody. That's the nice thing about radio. They don't have to see what I'm wearing today. And the gator, right? Like and the gator, yeah. I mean, listen, I'm going to okay, be warm. Okay, so no wonder you're cozy. <laughs> yeah, the mayor makes great. a good point. Right. I didn't even notice that. As I put my gloves and my jacket and on and my, my boots and Yeah, whatnot. why are you complaining, Marsha? I'm perfectly <laughs> yeah, fine. Yeah, I'm prepared. I'm, warm. I'm real warm. <laughs> I'm prepared. But yeah. I dressed appropriately. <laughs> but uh, the mayor and I ran into each other at, a, uh, at my nephew's uh, championship basketball game. What was that on Monday? All those days are yeah, running well, together. You know, you're right; those days do run together. But the, uh, Noah, that's your nephew. Uh, he has he has quite the game. You know, I mean, it was, it was very. That was the first game that I've been to in years for uh, kids that age. Now mm. my my grandson's ten; he plays football out in Pittsburgh. But I don't get that everyday type of interaction. And and just watching your father, uh, <laughs> me, me being a grandfather, watching your father, that was exciting. You know? I can't imagine how he was when you guys were, were, were playing. But. Well, it depends on who you talk to, yeah. I think, or it depends on the game. Uh, that's for sure. We get, a, we get a little worked up. But you were there for one of your buddies, Gabe. And I, I told the story um, the day after the game, so I was so excited. So I talked about Tuesday was uh, that championship game. Um, but I want you to say it in your words, because it's a pretty cool story. You were in uh, Gabe's relationship. Well, it's, it's Cam. His or Cam. Is, I'm sorry, Cam. His yes, name is, yes, uh, Cam. Cam Adams and... Uh, Cam's dad and, and mom are friends of mine, and uh, Cam one day went into school and said that he was a friend of the mayor, and uh, they didn't believe him. So they started to tease him and really give him a hard time, bully him for a long time. And Finally, the word got back to me, and, and I've always been a, a bully's nightmare, and, and, and I called up the teacher, and she said, yes, that's been happening. I said, well, I'd like to do something. I'd like to come down, and I'd like to present Cam with a, a friendship certificate from his friend, Mayor Kevin Knowles. And, <laughs> and I said, I, you know, just kind of pop up. And she goes, oh, that would be great. That would be great. So I I went down to, to his class. This was last year. And and um, I, I read off this certificate and then read his name. And not, he didn't even, he didn't have a clue. You know, oh, that really? age, he didn't have yeah. a clue. But, but all of a sudden you could just see his, oh. his whole body stature go up. And then everybody else like, 
He really does know. He really does know. He really does know. And then they started asking questions, you know, do, do I drive in a big blacked out uh, SUV? I said, well, I do drive in an SUV with tinted windows. But I don't I don't have any bodyguards or anything like that. But it's pretty neat. And, and, and since then, uh, because of uh, Cam, uh, I've been going to a couple other grade schools, St. Joe's I went to and sat down and talked about being mayor. I, I started a uh, mayor for the day contest at was done at the Boys and Girls Club, and this was all because of uh, my relationship with Cam. That, mm-hmm. that when when that story was shared with me, that I was able to, uh, you know, I said, "Hey, you know what? Let's get out there. Let's talk to our our youth and and let them know that uh, you know we're out here. We're no we're no different than anybody else. We we may be on the radio with a hoodie on and a, a hat on, be nice and warm, <laughs> but it's not gonna let it go. Uh, <laughs> man, I gotta go change next time. Uh, next well, time you're coming in, it's great to have the mayor in your corner yeah. for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, what are, what are you uh, looking at as far as city business right now? I know we have some questions to ask you as well, but like, what what's on your mind? Well, I, I could tell you that a lot of exciting things are, are coming. Almost gonna be finishing up here. You have that underpass there on Queen Street. They're finishing up the steps there and everything. I see that being finished sometime here in the next couple months. Uh, a lot of work being done on the Frog Hollow Trail, so we're Good. we're excited about that. And you know, we finally they've gotten a name for the 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 Burke Street Park, which is called Burke Street Park. Uh, so we've been able to move move forward with that, and that trail is going to connect into that, and and hopefully connect uh, along the creek side there, so that we can put a footbridge across down by the uh, down by the Roundhouse to be able to. To, uh, put that into our Creekside project and into uh, uh, Lake Thomas. So Lake Thomas is moving along a little bit better Very too. Cool. So a lot of exciting things. Storm, we, you know, we're finishing up a stormwater uh, uh, project down on uh, Raleigh Street. The street's been closed for quite a few months, mm-hmm. and that should be finishing up here in the very near future. And um, you know, we're still working on City Hall. City Hall, we just had it all gutted out, and it, it's still on task to be done twenty uh, May of twenty twenty four. So I wanted to ask you, too, we had uh, the chief on, uh, Chief George Swartwood, um, after there had been a council meeting in which uh, there there was a discussion about a public nuisance uh, issue r- regarding one of the local hotels. And I thought it was very interesting the way it was all handled because um, this this hotel came into compliance. Um, and that's what you guys want, right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the idea. We're not out to punish people or to fine them for any ways. We'd like to change any type of behavior that we're seeing or any type of violation that might be happening so that once once you do that, you you start enhancing that area, you start enhancing the people around you because, you know, we're, we don't want to always be perceived as the bad guy. Absolutely. So uh, also we've been talking to the sheriff and the Berkeley County prosecutor, uh, Katie wilkes Delegati. She had a, a press conference recently about this 158-count indictment, uh, the investigation of which started uh, with some shots fired at buildings, some of them in the city, some of them uh, in the county. And then at the end of the investigation, it was revealed that there were, were connections to drug activity, gang activity, weapons activity. Um, you know, from your perspective as the mayor of the city, uh, how important is it to, to root that stuff out? Well, you know, it's very important. I mean, uh, the collaboration that uh, our law enforcement officers have, not only in the city and the county, but on the state the state level, go very, very deep. So we're excited when, when, when we can grab uh, a take like that of drugs and, and cash and find out, how far out that goes. Keep in mind that years ago that, you know, they used to term us 
they used to term Martinsburg a certain name, and, and that name you don't hear it anymore. It's because of the direct result of the uh, Martinsburg Police Department, the Sheriff's Department, the state police, and, and even the feds to be able to bring that back into where we're a place now that people want to be. Again, we're speaking with Martinsburg Mayor Kevin Knowles, and of course, uh, we got St. Patrick's Day oh. right around the corner. We got the uh, the Main Street Martinsburg, of course, their St. Patrick's Day event. That's a, that's that be me Irish flag. <laughs> and my family be from Donegal and Mayo. Well, you looking forward to the St. Patrick's Day uh, festival always, again? Always looking forward to it. You know, being that my Irish uh, heritage, and you know, I take it very, very, very dear. And and you know, it's a great, great event last year, big event, and. And we're hoping for the same or even more this year. I mean, this this month is huge with events. We have the the home show coming the week after, mm-hmm. which which God willing, uh, I, I put in my request to the man above about uh, good weather. <laughs> and uh, you know, if we get good weather, you're going to see about five thousand people coming wow. down in that downtown corridor, which is huge. You'll see a lot of radio uh, personalities from our cluster as well. There, uh, we're making plans, figuring out who's doing what rotation. Wear a hat and wear a hoodie. <laughs> we're in the inside. We're in the inside <laughs> building this year. Last year we were kind of on that out. Yeah, we're in the, the frog building. Yeah, is that, uh, what, is that what the frog switch? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It and was it was little, it was a little chilly, but it was a cold day. So I don't think any anywhere you were it was going to be a right. uh, a cold day. That's for sure. But, but it was warm in the heart. That's right. That's <laughs> right. That's right. And we definitely have our fingers crossed for good weather for that and for the St. Patrick's Day event. But uh, Martinsburg Mayor Kevin Knowles, thank you for joining us hey, this well, morning. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And stick around for more after the break. We'll be catching up with West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey here on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto. I'm Jordan Nice Warner, alongside me, Marsha Kavalik. Marsha got next guest to joining us on the line. That's right, West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey. Welcome in. Hey, good morning. It's good to be with you today. Thanks for being on. I know uh, I've been talking a lot with Frank. Uh, He calls and he's like, the the AG's really busy. He's in court. (laughs) So I guess you're doing your job, but we've missed you here. Uh, So what's the update? What's going on? Well, there's a lot going on. It's been an incredibly busy stretch. Uh, We're still doing a lot of work on opioids. We know that we're down to one case left, and that's against Kroger. And that's set for trial in early June. In the meantime, there's been legislation going through which would codify the foundation, which is where a lot of the money is going to be housed from the settlement. That passed the Senate 34 to 0. It just passed the House Judiciary Committee, and it's in the House right now. So we're very hopeful that we're going to have all the structure locked down. And that way, in the next few months, we can start to see resources from the opioid settlements begin to flow into the communities and really help attack this problem from a supply, a demand, and an educational perspective. So opioids is really critical. We also had a number of lawsuits that we filed recently. Uh, We launched a lawsuit against the uh, so-called Waters of the United States rule, and that affects a lot of people in Jefferson, Berkeley, Morgan, your listening area, in particular, a lot of the farms. So farmers have been very worried about kind of considering your backyard ditch where your ephemeral stream is a federally navigable waterway. 
And we've won all these cases in the past, but uh, now the Biden administration is trying again. And we're very optimistic we're going to prevail again. But they're trying to stretch their jurisdiction into areas traditionally regulated locally and by the states. And we're stepping up to fight back on that and just a lot of other filings as well. So it's been a busy time, but uh, we've been very fortunate, a lot of success in the office. Wanted to ask you because I get uh, press releases from your office a good bit, and I think it's good to have you on to distill this down and kind of talk about the process. But one of the uh, items of interest was that uh, you're behind an effort to uh, n- name uh, drug cartels uh, as uh, you know terrorist groups and the trafficking of fentanyl as a weapon of mass destruction. Absolutely. Talk about that. Yeah, so as many people listening may know, the number one cause of death for Americans between the ages of 18 and 46 is fentanyl. And in fact, West Virginia has the highest overdose death rate from fentanyl in the nation. That gives people a flavor as to how much, uh, many problems it's creating, how much death is occurring in West Virginia. And so we believe that something of this magnitude and a lot of the products the ingredients originate in China. They flow to the Mexican drug cartels where they're packaged, they're finished, and ultimately then smuggled across the southern border into the U.S. We think it's important to take a couple additional steps to ensure that the resources flow against this. So one of that is naming fentanyl as a weapon of mass destruction, because it is. I mean, if you think about all the deaths that we've had from foreign wars, these numbers from fentanyl rapidly exceed those numbers. And if we were in a war, we'd be uh, having every day a newspaper would be doing a count as how many people are dying, but it's fentanyl and we're not doing it. And meanwhile, we have tens and tens of thousands of people dying every year from this. So labeling fentanyl as a weapon of mass destruction and also going after the Mexican drug cartels, I think would actually provide significant new federal resources to bear to attack it. And and guys, that's what's really needed in order to make a difference. We have to make sure we get more attention from the Department of Justice, from the Secretary of State of the United States, from the Homeland Security Department and other federal agencies. And putting that classification out, I think, would do that. So is this an effort to put pressure on bodies that actually can do something about this, or does this involve filings? What are, what's the structure of this? Well, with respect to the classification, that's trying, uh, the AGs have gotten together to try to put pressure on the federal government to do that. That's ultimately up to the Biden administration. You know, we have certain limitations, as you might imagine, with respect to the border. So what we do is we try to come up with a lot of the policy initiatives that we support our colleagues who are down in the border states when they're filing litigation as well. And we also try to sue when we can, when we think we have a meritorious claim. For instance, we know that the Homeland Security Department of the United States has done precious little going after the fentanyl epidemic. And so we've sued the Homeland Security Department, and we're going to probably be doing so again very soon because they have not done their job when people are coming through and there are policies in place on enforcement, drug trafficking is not being dealt with the correct way. And so we're very concerned. We're trying to draw attention to it. We file litigation when we can. 
but we're also trying to influence the environment uh, because we know that we need the help of the feds to get this done. This is a, a cross-border issue, and we need people to step up. And we're speaking with West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you have the answer to this question, but, I mean, what is the answer to this, you know, fentanyl problem? Is it, of course, you know, the, the battles you're fighting in the courtroom? Is that the way to do it? Is it, you know, maybe more grassroots level? Or as uh, we have a text here on our text line saying, why don't we just declare a war on drug cartels and attack the cartels in Mexico? I mean, what's what's the – is there an answer? Well, I think there's a partial answer, and let me walk through it. Number one, this has to be a multi-front attack on the source of the problem. Uh, And also, we have to do more from an educational, preventative perspective to make sure that fewer people are actually taking the drugs. But let's go to the source for a moment. We know that there are raw ingredients flowing from China, and we think that Secretary of State Tony Blinken should be doing a lot more to draw attention on the Chinese. We know in the past that there were agreements in 2019 between the Chinese government and the federal government of the United States to uh, eliminate the shipments of this fentanyl directly to the U.S. But what the Chinese did then is they started to expand their shipments to Mexico. We know that there are problems with the Mexican drug cartels. Once again, our Secretary of State could be working with the Mexican government as well to put more pressure on the drug cartels. We know that the U.S. Department of Justice, Merrick Garland, needs to do a heck of a lot more going after prosecutions uh, from a federal perspective. We have good U.S. attorneys here in West Virginia, but they're not getting adequately resourced. And quite frankly, across the country, there's not an adequate priority going after this. And when you do all of those things and you list it as a weapon of mass destruction and people are just doing their job, enforcing the law, that alone, I think, would save tremendous number of lives. Uh, but it's a look, it's not a simple solution. You do one thing and the problem goes away. But I think if the administration stepped up, that would make a huge difference. But we also have to do a lot more education and prevention here in West Virginia because a lot of people who originally got hooked on the legal pain pills, they've moved on to other illicit products, whether it's cocaine, heroin, meth, or obviously fentanyl. And that's a real issue. Appreciate our texter uh, weighing in with that question. Uh, our guest this morning, Attorney General Patrick Morsey, wanted to ask you this question. Uh, there's uh, a case coming up before the Supreme Court of Appeals of the of the land, uh, April 18th, that that uh, has its start in a gentleman who was a postal carrier who, uh, as a Christian, observed the Sabbath. Things changed as, at his workplace, and they were asking him to deliver on on Sunday. Talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things we try to do in the office is ensure that uh, people get to practice their constitutional rights. And we know the First Amendment is really important for many, many reasons, and not just freedom of speech and freedom of the press, but uh, the right to freely associate in terms of choosing your religious belief. That's really important. And in this particular instance, there was a, a postal carrier who was working And then when the U.S. Postal Service uh, had a a new customer that was trying to get them to work on Sunday, uh, he stopped and he sued. He uh, resigned and he alleged that the Postal Service didn't accommodate his religious beliefs because he wanted to take off uh, on Sunday. 
and a federal appeals court last year ruled against this postal carrier. Uh, they concluded that granting them an exemption would burden other postal workers. Uh, we've argued the opposite because we believe that if you have deeply held religious beliefs, that uh, your employer and the uh, government, they need to honor that fact. And they, in fact, did not in this particular case, and that you can't discriminate against a citizen's First Amendment beliefs, especially if the accommodation is reasonable. And in this case, uh, I think most people would believe that accommodating someone's religious belief, uh, maybe a Christian on a Sunday, or if you're of Jewish faith on a Saturday, I think people would think that that's, that's a reasonable accommodation. Yeah, we're speaking with West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morsey. We know you, we know you are a busy guy, so we'll let you go. Appreciate you taking some time out of your day to chat with us here on Panhandle Live. Hey, thanks. It's great to be with you, and we'll hopefully see you up, uh, soon live as the weather gets nicer and nicer. Perfect. Well, thanks again, sir. Hey, take care, guys. Take care. And that's West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey. A lot to uh, unpack there. So if you missed any of the conversation, <clears throat> you can listen to it back a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. But Marsha, what comes up after the break? Oh, we have our speed dating series. It continues, the Unity Campaign. Uh, and we're going to meet some some new uh, faces, new folks from, uh, from the Unity Campaign right after this quick news break. That's right. On Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Da- it's Panhandle Live, the voice of the Panhandle. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto with two locations to serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville. I'm Jordan Nice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. And Marsha, of course, We've been uh, going on with the uh, Unity Campaign mm-hmm. in the Eastern Panhandle these last couple of days, and it continues on. So uh, you want to know something interesting? If you go on either our Facebook page or the United Way of the Eastern Panhandle, you can kind of see what my hair does through the, <laughs> the week because I pose with the... Yeah, it's it, to me, I, I see that. I don't always fixate on all the wonderful people who are beside me. But it's like, oh, the cowlick. Well, I did notice that the last uh, <laughs> last couple of days, Marsha has not been in the pictures. Right, I've been She's taking been the pictures. taking the pictures, so that makes sense. <laughs> so I, I don't like my hair on a given day, yeah. I was wondering y'all, what was going on. Y'all group in. <laughs> Let me snap this for you. <laughs> anyway, so joining us today, and I'm going to I'm gonna introduce everyone first, and then I'll, uh, we'll talk to you individually. But um, Lisa Henry, Executive Director of the Berkeley County Backpack Program, Ashley Tibbins, Man. Managing Director, Cheers School Family, and Amy Serbaugh, Regional Director, Children's Home Society of West Virginia. Welcome in, ladies. Thank you. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Thanks for being in. So I, I told Amy we would start with her. So uh, Children's Home Society, well, you guys are located, you've got a, a branch here in Martinsburg, right? We do. We are located in three locations here in Martinsburg. Our main location is 100 South Queen Street. That is our newest home. Um, From that building, we have several programs that we offer. Our permanency program is our foster care and adoption program. Um, So we have currently 38 kiddos that are placed in our foster care homes here in the Eastern Panhandle. Uh, Most of those kids are from the Eastern Panhandle, but some of them come from all across the state. And we just like to take care of them while they're biological families, um, focus on their needs and work on what they need to work on. So our foster parents love them, take care of them, and support the biological parents through the improvement period process. Um, Also in that building is our mental health program. We offer mental health services to our foster kids, but also community kids. 
Um, all of those services are free, of course, to our um, to our citizens and to our kids in the community. And then we have some community-based programming. Our newest program is the Family Support Center, um, the Monarch Center for um, Berkeley County. And that is what our Unity Campaign is supporting um, this year. So we're super excited about it. So what, what does that do? The Family Support Center is designed to really support um, families and children in Berkeley County. Um, from anything of a food pantry, we have an infant closet, we have a clothing closet, all the way up to parenting classes that are free, um, budgeting classes, financial planning help, whatever you might need to reach the goal that you have in your family that would be difficult for you to reach without support. Um, So you just come in, do an intake with us, and tell us what your goals are, and we help prepare that path for you. Um, whatever it might be. You might just need um, some extra food to get you through the month until you get paid again or until um, the state reloads your benefits. We can cover that for you, no problem. Um, we really just want to make sure that your family feels support, um, that we can match whatever you need and help you get through. So how have things been looking You know, these last year, I guess you could say, and then uh, as 2023 has continued on? So it's been um, really exciting. We're really happy. Um, We have been able to help hundreds of families so far um, from just tangible need items, but also to setting a goal and then reaching it. Mm -hmm. So when we opened our doors, um, we were really not sure what to expect. You know, um, this was a grant program that we applied for. It took us a little while to get fully staffed, but um, we started with just a simple community giveaway with donations that we'd received from the community, clothing, toys, shoes. Um, in the first community giveaway that we had, over 300 people came wow. and um, just took what they needed. And it was really um, kind of an emotional feeling to just see that we were able to meet a need that we didn't even really know was that prevalent. Right. Um, so then, you know, a lot of families come in. And they need, um, when they're having an infant, they need all of those things that are expensive that they don't have support for. So our Unity campaign, um, the funds that we raise are going to be um, to purchase car seats. One thing that we had no idea about was that you can have a baby and can't even leave the hospital without a car seat, whether or not you have a car for transportation. You have to have that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, And thinking about it, it makes sense because whether you're carrying your infant somewhere, you know, the best way to transport a newborn baby is in a car seat so Mm -hmm. that they're safe. Um, And they're expensive. They're very expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So we want to be able to kind of help our families uh, meet that need and also ensure that their infant is safe when they're transported or so that they have a safe place to be. So, Amy, um, first of all, how can folks find out more information about your program? And then, of course, importantly, what's your Unity campaign number? So um, you can find out more from us from our website, childhswv.org, or on our Facebook page, Children's Home Society of Martinsburg, West Virginia. Um, Our community resource page is the Monarch Center for Families in Berkeley County, um, and our unity is Unity 15. All right. Well, well done. They're getting more and more prepared. <laughs> it's like they're getting media trained before they come in. <laughs> that's, a, that's not a bad thing. No, okay, so can we uh, move on? Then Lisa Henry in the middle there, uh, Berkeley County Backpack Program. I know we've had you on the airwaves before. Welcome back in. Thank you so much. And thank you for spreading the word about these 38 wonderful nonprofits. I mean, they're all so deserving. Um, so appreciate the time to talk about the backpack program. We're glad to do it. So if someone hasn't ever heard of the Berkeley County Backpack Program, talk about it. 
So what we do is we provide weekend bags of food. So it's non-perishable bags of food, kid-friendly food that we put in um, food bags and deliver to 25 schools in Berkeley County each week. Right now, we are up to 700 kids per week, um, and that is about... 75 kids higher than last year. Mm. So we have had um, an increase in demand for our for our food bags. So how it works is if you are listening and you find that you are in need, um, as, as you know, food costs have gone up and, and you could use some extra help with food for your child whenever school's not in session. Uh, schools provide breakfast and lunch, but when kids go home for the weekend, there's not always enough food or budgets are stretched very tight now. Um, just contact your child's school and say you want to sign up for the backpack program. They'll get you on the list and we'll deliver the food bags. Well, um, what, I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say, well, I'm sure the pandemic was certainly a tough time for the backpack program. Um, yes and no. So it, it was very difficult. Thank goodness we had great community support. A lot of companies provided um, extra uh, COVID grants and funds. Um, the volunteers were amazing. But those COVID funds and grants are gone now. Yeah. And anybody who's been to the grocery store lately, I don't need to tell you, but the USDA said um, at-home food inflation has gone up 11% from last year alone. It feels great. like more than that. Yeah, yes, it, it really today, does, great. depending yeah. on what you buy. Um, and so families are feeling the pinch. And also, our food budget went through the roof last year. Um, we re- reached our food budget in September. That left the most expensive months with Thanksgiving breaks a week, winter break is a week um, to provide. So luckily, um, we did have a reserve fund, but that COVID money and reserve fund is slow, is almost gone now. So we really can use the community support and providing monetary donations so we can buy in bulk and make sure we can meet the need for 700 kids each week. And is that kind of what the Unity Campaign funds yes, will go Yes, the funds will go. We are hoping to raise enough for one month of food. Um, our food costs on average are 14000 a month. So that's, yeah. Uh-huh. What? So because 700, usually there are four. We deliver on Thursdays. Right now our volunteers are packing at our facility to get those those um, food bags to the schools. They're packing right now. So um, March has um, five Thursdays. So that's <laughs> 3,500 bags of food. Um, yeah. So it takes a lot of effort to um Get the food um, to our facility, unload it, um, assemble it, count inventory, pack it. Um, so we have amazing regular volunteers. Um, but if you're interested in volunteering with us, um, you can reach out um, to us and we can get you on your list to see to, to get help with um, with what we do. And uh, what's your unity? Yep, number? our unity is Unity 3. So... Uh, and you can find us at feedbcwvkids.org. Very good. Next and how'd you get such a low number? Three. Is that, how I, it's alphabetical order. Oh, alphabetical is that order. right? Yeah. Well, they're going to make sense. That Berkeley makes sense. backpack. There you go. Yeah. So uh, joining us next is Ashley Tibbins from the Cheers School family. Welcome in. Hi, thank you for having us. Or thanks, thanks for having me. Thank you for being in. So uh, what's the Cheer School all about? So Cheer School Family is a nonprofit organization founded in 1997, and we oversee operations at Children First Child Development Center. You might know us as the barn on Route 9. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Have you biked by that? I know where she's talking about. The I big barn on Route 9. Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, we've been in the community for over 20 years. Oh, wow. Okay. So uh, talk about the services that you provide. So we provide child care for students aged six weeks to 12 years old. 
Um, we are a subsidy school, so we take in a lot of different families in the community. We service over 90 families every year. Wow. Now, yeah. is is that a pretty normal number? Have you seen yeah. those numbers fluctuate at all in these last, you know, however long? <laughs> Many years, Pandemic I guess. Or... Yeah, yeah uh, they've been, they've stayed pretty consistent over okay. the past 20 years. So, yeah, we're, wow. we're a big part of the community. Um, but within those, you know, 25 years. Right. Our playground equipment has seen a lot of action, um, and so we've we've been focusing on making a lot of improvements with the building, with the COVID grants and the funding. Um, we've been able to replace our floors that were in dire need, um, you know, do some painting in the mm-hmm. center. Um, but our playground equipment has been falling apart. So I guess that's what the Unity Campaign money's for? Yes. So we are trying to raise um, funds to replace part of our playground equipment because it is a very big part of a child's day. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. For sure. yeah. Yeah. So um, how important do, are the services that you guys provide for families? You know, uh, families are able to, to work outside the home and right. not worry about their child. Right, right, right. So uh, we are open 6.30 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. Uh, we provide care through Mountain Heart as well. So families who are low income or foster families can use our services um, they can use our center to go out and find work outside mm-hmm. of the home um, and know that their kids are cared for. Right. Well, let people know, again, how they can get in touch with you, find out more information, uh, and especially if they want to maybe sign their kid up or get their yeah. kid involved. And then, of course, the Unity campaign information, too. Of course. So you can find us at Uh We are on Facebook, Children First Child Development Center, and our Unity keyword is Unity39. Perfect. Well, ladies, thank you all for coming in this morning and uh, sharing you know, your stories with us because uh, that's the coolest thing about the Unity Campaign is being able to hear all the background and how you know much of a, a anchor all of these organizations are in the community. And if you missed any of the conversations we've had during any of the Unity Campaign, you can listen back to that over on our Paid Handle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. But again, thank you all for coming in. Thank you. Absolutely. Stick around for more after the break on Paid Handle Live on WPM and WCST, the Paid Handle News Network. on WEPN. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsh Cavalli. If you missed any of the show so far, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. Started things off with Martinsburg Mayor Kevin Knowles, and we had the West Virginia Attorney General on. Then, of course, what you just heard before the break was our latest edition of the Unity Campaign. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of stuff to go back and listen to if you missed it. Packed show. Um, uh, speaking of show, Hoppy's coming up after after our show with Talkline from the Capitol. He'll be talking about the K-3 through plan, the Hope Scholarship Athletics with the one-time tra- transfer policy, and his guest will be Treasurer Riley Moore on an investment bill. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So you keep complaining about how cold you are. It's so cold. Um, and it is cold. I mean, it is currently, I mean, 40 degrees outside, which is cold. Going to get up to 50 today. But the more I look at this extended forecast, which, of course, you uh, you never know what the weather's no. going to do in the future. But as of right now, it's going to be 43 with snow and rain tomorrow. 
Boo. 50 on Saturday, rain all day pretty much Sunday, rain all day pretty much Monday, <laughs> windy and cold on Tuesday. We're looking at t- almost 30-mile-an-hour winds on Tuesday. And then it evens out next Wednesday, Thursday with sunny and warm-ish days, but then rain and snow come on back next weekend. So, ugh. We don't want to hear that because of the St. Patrick's Day yeah. events. So like oh if, yeah, yeah good yeah seventeenth eighteenth rain and although rain although didn't you say like if if it's happening in the snow fine yeah snow is cool everybody can get down with snow and it's cool in to be St. out Patrick's you know, drinking Day, like, doing your thing in the snow that's fun green outside. tutus and all that yeah, stuff but rain nobody wants rain snow is cool sun's even better uh-huh. wind don't want that either although when you're in downtown depending on which way the wind's coming you can get blocked it's, it's, blocked it's pretty the, yeah protected but, but um but I'm not a fan of this. Of this weather coming up, I I was hoping it would feel more like spring. Oh, but I guess this is where it has been. I mean, I feel like um, we've had a, a pretty easy okay start of the year with weather, don't you think? Well, AccuWeather's Bill Dager said we're going to pay for it in March. So great, you know, March is not over yet. No, it's not. And this is usually when we get those big snowstorms, and we should have mm-hmm. had it what mm-hmm. two two weeks ago, I guess. Was that two weeks we ago? We usually get another one. All, well, it all went north of us. See, that's oh, yeah, the thing. Yeah. We've gotten lucky this year. Is that everything's pretty much missed us. But well, um, fortunately, basketball is inside. Yeah, basketball for us is over on uh, the Panhandle News Network. Shepherd season done. Our high school basketball coverage is done. We now hand it over to our comrades at uh, Metro News that, of course, take over all the coverage down in Charleston. And that will get started back here on WPM today at 1 p.m. So programming note. Uh, High School Girls Basketball State Tournament resumes here on the air at 1 p.m. this afternoon. So that'll uh, cut into the Dan Bongino programming. But it's local. And speaking of local, we have our uh, Spring Mills Cardinals Girls team will be on the air tonight in the the nightcap of the games. Oh, you asked me too quick. Is it? Is it at seven thirty or is it? No, it'll be later than that. Later than that. Wow. So if you can't make it to Charleston for uh, for those uh, tournament games. You can always tune in right here on our airwaves and hear award-winning play-by-play uh, from our local coverage to to uh, the Metro News team. That's right. And, um, of course, you can go to our Twitter page at, Panhand- at EP Sports Network. 7.15 is uh, game time for the Spring Mills Cardinals so the um, girls, tonight, the, the girls' team. Girls' team, women's team, how do you say that? Uh, girls, women, yeah. Okay. That's a good question, Seven, actually. 715. 715. That'll be right here on WPM and WCST. And, of course, we'll have uh, all of you know our reactions, the sports team's reactions and whatnot at EP Sports Network and on our um, you know personal Twitter pages as well. So stay up to date on that there. But, yeah, Marsha, the, for the most part, sports broadcasting season has come to an end for uh, WPM. So does that mean you can start saying yes to your friends again whenever I, they're, like, asking I, you to go do things? Hey, we're still going to have some baseball, some softball, some other yeah, things here and there, Yeah, but you're not locked in to... Right. We don't have a full, like, season of that, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I can uh, actually see my friends and family again. Sweet. So our... Um, if they want to see me, I guess. It probably <laughs> might be nice not seeing you these they couple months. They've missed you. <laughs> I figured it out. You guys are doing sports ball for seven months. Yeah. Or more. I'd oh. say I'd say probably seven and a half. Oh, so Luke texted and said, uh, girls for high school, women's for college. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. So if you go over to panhandlenewsnetwork.com, you can read an article by Clint Gage. He was um, he covered that virtual meeting mm-hmm. um, where they said the mark expansion price tag could be 50 to $500 million. Man, and I get it. I understand because like if you 
Martinsburg's the most ready of anybody in the expansion for this mm-hmm. to happen you because train stations good to go. Right yeah, there. train stations good to go. Tracks, all that stuff, right? It's perfect. But like you think, Hagerstown, where are they going to put a train station in Hagerstown? And I'm, I mean, I'm all for it. They could loop they it around that? the new stadium. Could you imagine? <laughs> put it underneath. You, if if someone makes a what a, a basketball, whatever the goal, what is it? It's all for make baseball. It? What? What are you talking about? If like the train could could toot its horn when someone scores. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying, but I, I get what you're saying, but I don't know what you're saying. Trying to integrate the train service to well, the baseball game. Well, thankfully, we are done for the day. <laughs> so if you missed any of the show, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network, Facebook, and Spotify page. Hoppy is next. Don't forget, we got high school girls state tournament basketball on the air at 1 p.m. Have a good one. We will talk to you tomorrow. and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.